Hey guys, and welcome to Sounds Like NYC. I'm here with my friend Eric, uh, going by the name Kingfish Slim. I didn't butcher, right? You didn't butcher. Awesome. So, uh, now tell us a little bit more about yourself. Um, been producing hip hop and soulful R and B about the last five years. Uh, was on an independent gospel album mm-hmm. a few years ago. Uh, worked with a few artists. Nothing major. Yeah, I mean, because I've seen a lot of things and a lot of issues people are having with people who samples, like the copyright. Because, like, some people say, no, 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 this is fair use. Some people are like, but you stole a part of my song and you did it for for yourself. Uh, wh- wh- where do you see yourself at that? Like, do you, do you think it's like a, you're seeing from the artist or do you think it's fair game? Uh, I believe it's fair game. Okay. Tell me, tell me a little about that. I believe it's fair game. Uh, it's just like if you buy a keyboard. There's already music in it. Yeah. Those are samples. Those are considered samples. Right. If we uh, take an artist's record and chop it up, mm-hmm. you can almost change the laws to that. Like, who's to say it's yours? Mm-hmm. No, I mean, that's, that's, that's definitely pretty, uh, pretty where, where I'm at. Just because, like, you're, you're not stealing it. You're not saying it's yours. You're just changing it and transforming it into a song. So, I mean, I, I think it's completely for a game. I do believe they should be paid. Yeah, of course. But it gets a little bit too expensive. Oh, it gets expensive. And tracking them down. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot of work. Gotcha. So were you always a producer? Were you like like in, in the music? Like did you ever do anything? Were you an artist before? What brought you to producing? I started out DJing. Okay. My older brother was a DJ. Followed him. I was DJing at a, a couple of parties. And a store downtown. A clothing store downtown. Diesel. They always had DJs. Mm-hmm. So I was doing that for a few years. Okay. How did that go? Oh, that was excellent. Most fun. Yeah. And it was just wax. It wasn't the computer mm-hmm. thing then. But when it went to the computer, that's when I got kind of lost. So I started producing. Mm-hmm. That's a natural thing. Most producers were DJs. Gotcha. Do, do, do you see, like, like, is there any particular reason why people go from DJing to producing just because they know all the... I think it's the money. Mm. <laughs> it's the next level. <laughs> Right. It's the next level. So do you think like most people, most people's view like DJing is like apprenticeship towards like a producer? Or oh, something? definitely. You have the rhythm already. Yeah. Uh, you know the steps. You know what it takes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a natural. Natural progression. Yeah. Gotcha. So I mean, other than the money, what brought you to producing? Did you like? Uh, I always had a lot of records, of course. Okay. That's another reason. Mm-hmm. That's how I started with the sample. Uh, my mother and father's record collection I've always had. And I was always collecting records. And I knew what should be used. Mm-hmm. At least I thought what should be used. 
and uh, heard a lot of hip hop records, and I know where that samples from. Mm-hmm. So why not try to you know get involved into it? Mm-hmm. The only problem was it was just myself. Nobody taught me how to use the machines, which is a problem. Gotcha. Somebody should show you how to go. Mm-hmm. It took a little while. It took a couple of years. <laughs> I mean, you've been doing it for like five years now, though. How's, five years. How's that been? Now I got the hang of it. Uh, and I'm always learning. You're always learning. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have new equipment, new techniques. Uh, just always learning. Mm-hmm. YouTube uh, helps a lot. No, for sure. I mean, it's generations full of YouTube. Yeah. A lot of information on YouTube. Oh, for sure. I mean, you don't even go to school <laughs> sometimes. No, you don't. A lot yeah. of people go into engineering school. Uh, you don't really need to go into engineering school. <laughs> Just learn on the fly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that's so. Any any particularly good artists coming up now that you've been working with? Uh, right now, it's been very slow. Just looking for artists fresh, who's hungry to work, mm-hmm. who's not lazy. Mm-hmm. You know, just looking to collaborate with anybody, producers, anyone. Mm-hmm. Independent is the way to go. Yeah, for sure. You get all the all the you can control everything. I mean, control everything. What you put out, you know, you don't have to worry about the big bosses telling you we don't want this, we don't want that. You know, it's a lot of freedom in it. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, that's it's a good time, good time right now. So you're saying it's slow, not because like the amount of artists you work with, just because like the artists that do come are pretty lazy. Is that, is that what you're seeing mostly? I've been for the last five years. I've probably been through about 300 artists. Jesus. And recorded maybe three artists. It just they. It's like five a month. They're very lazy. That's crazy. They don't want to work. Why, why do you think that is? Uh, I think this generation is very smart. If you look at the uh, 80s and the 90s MCs, mm-hmm. they was just willing to work. Uh, the Nas and all of those people, the, the Jay-Z's, they was just willing to work. They would travel to another state if you had a good beat for them. These kids today... This is just a small generation. You think it's just entitlement? It's an entitlement. It's a microwave generation. Yeah. And they want the next song to sound like whatever is out. So they're entitled and not creative most of the time. Uh, creative? Uh, some of them are creative. Some are creative. Yeah. I'm not going to say that. Some are creative. Okay. Uh, but uh, very small. <laughs> very small generation. Do you think... No, technology is because of that, or do you I think? believe technology has something to do with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it used to be like a, a producer. In the 90s, it would be one producer, two producers mm-hmm. in a borough. Right. Now there's a producer. I have, there's about three producers in my building. <laughs> Everybody's producing. Yeah. Well, I mean, so the yeah. artist can be like, well, you ain't going to do it as I'm proud of Gotcha. It's just as many producers as the artists. Hmm. Far as uh, rapping and singing. Gotcha. Well, do you see that as like being helpful or is it a problem? Like with all the producers out there? Because there's a shit ton of artists now. And I mean, they're getting exposure because like a streaming service and stuff like that. So do you feel like, you know, there being more producers is a good thing or a bad thing for, you know, music in general? I think it's a bad thing. Why is that? It's an overkill. Uh... It's just an overkill. I mean, and with the technology, I understand it's making it easy for these people mm-hmm. to produce, you know. Uh, I, I, 
I'm kind of old school about that. I don't use a door, a digital audio workshop. Okay, that's what it is. Uh, outboard equipment. Gotcha. Pretty much using like how the 90s were. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I use a keyboard, the MPC. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't use a door. Hmm. That's pretty interesting. I haven't actually heard of that. Oh, there's a, there's a whole lot like us. There's a whole lot like us. One something you ever did. I, I honestly thought that everything was... Everybody was using like just digital workspaces. Most people are using the digital workstations, hmm. and even I would steer young people and tell them it's the cheap route to go. Yeah. It's easier for you. Yeah, uh, it's less space. <laughs> for all you all you need is a lap and a door. You know, it's cheap. You know, well, in my studio, taking up half the living room. I have keyboards everywhere, wow. big workstation table. Mm -hmm. Takes up a lot of space, mm -hmm. but there's a sound you get from all that. that I don't think the doors—they come in close, mm -hmm. but there's a sound, a genuine sound that comes from that that yeah. a lot of people like. Mm -hmm. No, I mean it's basically the same thing as like, do I get a real drummer? Do I get the computerized drummer that's like quantized to a point like they're on every beat, versus like you know somebody actually playing them and getting just like little uh, nuances in the music that make it, you know, a little bit more alive, a little more human. Yes, for the uh, most part, we, we take that quantize off, and even if you make a mistake, it's still a human feel, mm -hmm. you know, that's what's missing. Yeah, I mean, in the end, that mistake might have, you know, made the song. Yes. That one hiccup in the beat could have, like, yes. actually made it. So, for sure, I mean, 100%, I, I agree with that. If you listen to a lot of 90s, there's some hiccups, and you just don't, you don't know it's a mistake unless you're really a producer. Mm -hmm. But it still sounds it's genuine. Definitely. And sometimes you need mistakes in music. Yes, yes. Human feel. Mm, for sure. So, uh, are you born and raised? In New York I was City? born in uh, New York State. Okay. Raised in the Bronx. Mm -hmm. Seen hip hop pretty much from the beginning. Okay. I was born in Bronx River. I wasn't born, I was raised in Bronx River Projects. Mm -hmm. uh, Basically, seeing hip hop from the beginning, uh, for the MCs, scratching, graffiti, breakdancing, all the way up until now. Mm -hmm. What do you think the, the golden age was for hip hop? Oh, that's a tough one. We argue. I'm saying, I'm saying, <laughs> from '86 to '90, that's my golden age. Hmm. And I understand the '92, '93. I love that age too. Yeah, I love it. But it's just a close second, son. My, my golden age was the Big Daddy Kane, Latin Quarters, uh -huh. that 88 era. That was, it was nothing like it. I'm sorry. <laughs> Do you think we're going to have like, you know, a, a renaissance? Yeah. No. No. It was a lot of love back then. People didn't know the business, so you got a lot of love. You, you did it for the love. Yeah. Right now, it's strictly business, and everybody knows. The secrets. You should not be getting jerked like they was then. Mm -hmm. You shouldn't be uh, signing slave deals. Yeah. I mean, I think there's only like four major labels left. So yeah. you are really in control of your that. You you know everything. And when I deal with these artists, I tell them, you know, do you know the business first? Mm. You got to know the business. That's interesting. So you are, like right off the bat, when you meet with them, like, you how much do you know about this business? Gotcha. Most of them know zero. Which is a problem. And do you think that's, that's something... I mean, mostly... I mean, I, I work with a lot of artists, and most of the time, 
artists are just focused on their art. They are. And I always say, like, I think, you know, you're, you're sort of wasting potential because, like, if you focus on the business part, or not even you focus on the business part, have a really, really good partner who understands it and can guide you through it. But people, you know, like, especially artists, it's like an ego to them. They think, they think that, you know, my art, you know, is good enough to be whatever by itself. It doesn't need any sort of helping. Yeah. Um, Damon Dash, former Rockefeller, mm-hmm. had, he made a point that people have this notion that the artist knows everything. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't know everything. All he knows is what he knows is his art. Yeah. They think that, you know, he's supposed to know the business, which is not true. Mm. Uh, but this particular time, you have to know the business because it's, it's, it's been exposed what it is. Yeah. So you have to know what is going on. Right. You know, you have to, a lot of these artists don't even know what ASCAP is. <laughs> you know, they don't know what, and it gets frustrated because I don't have time to teach you. Hmm. Hey, willingness to learn, that's another thing. So not knowing and then having no willingness to learn. Yes, that's a, very lazy. That's crazy, man. So I mean, I, I know you're an indie artist, but how do you feel about like? Uh, do you feel like you know labels help people? Like big labels help people? Do you think the the artist is you know better off doing it themselves? You know, going on Spotify themselves or like you know producing the, their own stuff? Or do you feel like they need somebody like? I was to, arguing that with a friend of mine. It all depends what type of person and what type of artist you are. Uh, right now, the majors have this 360 deal uh, where they take half of everything you make, mm-hmm. even commercials, movies, whatever. Uh, is that a good thing? Uh, if you're that type of artist where you want somebody to you know, take care of you, at least they'll put you out in front. Mm-hmm. The majors will promote you because they want their money. Right, and they're a fucking machine. They got all the fucking money to put towards you. And it's less work for you. Yeah. Independent artists, you have to do everything. Mm-hmm. You have to get the lawyer. You have to go downtown. You have to do this. You have to do that. Right. And it's a lot of work. Uh, I think Ashanti, the R&B singer, she lost a lot of money when she went into independent. Mm-hmm. She didn't really know what she was getting into. Right. And you, you end up losing, you know, if you don't really know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. You know? Do you feel like that going indie is uh, sort of makes your art better or worse because like yeah you do have control of everything but you have to do everything so that takes away from time that you could be like you know making art I think you will, you will be a better artist independent you think so? I think so you think people need to go through all that and see you know the worth of their music and stuff it, like that? it's more freedom yeah. majors can tell you uh, shall we shelving this out we don't want this to come out yeah. and you don't put your hard work into it or like they tell you, like, listen, you got to make these four songs. Got to make these be four singles. songs for radio. You can have like track eight. That'll be your thing. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Definitely much more freedom if you're an independent artist. Gotcha. So how long have you been living in the Bronx? All my life. All forty nine years. Gotcha. Forty nine years in the 49 Bronx. Forty nine years. How's that been? Oh, it's been fine. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's some culture. <laughs> you know, it's like any other place. Yeah. Yeah. Do you feel like, you know, being from New York City has helped you with what you want to do? Do you feel like it's hindered you in any way? Do you feel like there's certain things that, like, you'd only be able to know had you been here in the city? Oh, New York City is it. This is the testing around. This is where it's at. Yeah. 
I know Atlanta's hot right now mm-hmm. with the music, with the hip hop music. But um, New York is where it is. Why is that? Um, diversity. Just, you know, you can go down this block here, alternative band. Mm-hmm. Go down this block and hear hip hop band. You can hear rock band. You can hear this. A uh, lot of culture in New York, Brooklyn especially. Right. A lot of different cultures. Oh, for sure. I mean, I love through 100%. That's why I wanted to make this sort of platform for people because, like, there's so many good artists. Yeah. There's so many talented, talented people. A lot of talented artists. And they don't get the exposure that they, you know, deserve because, I mean, people are just paying attention to, like, the, the big dogs in the game. Yes. Uh, a lot of the independent artists are better than the biggest artists right now. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody thought Kanye West was the best producer. He's not the best producer. <laughs> I respect him, but he's not the best producer. He's not this. Mm-hmm. He just has the platform. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, how's being in New York City been? Like, it's it's rather expensive living in the city, right? Uh, I fortunately live in a, a Mitchell Lama building, so my rent is fine. That's yeah. fucking awesome. Yeah. Dude. What are you paying your rent? Uh, for a two bedroom, I pay eight hundred. <laughs> Decent space. Crazy. Too. Parking space for the car. That's crazy. So, I mean, it's good though because now you have all the extra money to put into your art. Definitely. Uh, but I'm always on Craigslist. Uh, I buy you all. I think every piece of equipment I have is used. Mm-hmm. Every equipment I have is used probably off of Craigslist. Mm-hmm. Do a lot of trading. I buy a lot of equipment, then sell it for a double price. Yeah. For double the price. That's what you gotta do. You gotta flip shit. Yeah. Oh, it's a hustle to it. Oh, for sure, man. Everything in New York City is a hustle. Yes. (laughs) So, I mean, you have, you know, what you do, right? Where where do you see that going? Like, what's your ultimate goal in, like, the next 10, 15, 20 years? Oh, 10, 15 years. I I see something I'm talking about. Like, this year has to happen. Mm -hmm. You know, I have to... I have to work with artists, and we got to build uh, this year. I'll give it maybe two or three more years. Yeah, and then you're out, or what? Then you know, you know, it's time to say, all right, you did your thing. Mm-hmm. But who knows? It'll probably always be. It's it's a you know, I love um, making music. Mm-hmm. You know, so I don't think you'll ever stop. You know, I don't. I don't think you'll ever stop. But far as pursuing something in the, the music field, eventually, you know, you know, you you'll take a break. And yeah. Like, okay, this is it. Yeah. Now I'm just gonna do it as a hobby. Do it as a hobby. Enjoy it. And whatever happens after that just happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the way to go for sure. What do you look for in a good artist? What what in your eyes is a good artist that you'd want to work with? Uh, passion. Um. Not always taking orders from me, coming up with their own ideas, of course. Okay. And you, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta grind, hard work. You know, and be prepared. Producers love it if you're prepared. That means have your verse, your hooks, have everything down packed. It means practice your fucking song before coming to oh, the studio. Oh, definitely. I, t- I make a note of you. You can't right here. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not like I basically do it for free. So I'm not spending hours on a song. Yeah. Come here with your song, with, with being prepared with your song, and we can just knock it out. You know, I don't like to spend all day uh, recording, 
Dr. Dre was like that. He would spend, he would spend all day on one verse. He'd make the artist do it over. I, I, I don't like that. Hmm. Let it come out. Gotcha. You just want to keep that human feel. Yes, yes. Uh, they talked about that when they was doing Illmatic with Nas. Mm -hmm. He did it on one take and they just took it. You know, let it go like that. It should be natural. <laughs> no, I mean, that's a really good philosophy to have because, like, like we are just talking, a lot of things are just too quantized yes. or too time-pitched or, you know, whatever, whatever yes. it is. And it takes away from what the artist's, you know, his vision really is. Yes, let that human feel out, you know. Um, but it has to sound right, though. <laughs> it has to be clear. Human feel is one thing, human but musical is talented thing, is another thing. Talent is another thing. We do have to hear what you're saying. Mm -hmm. If I can't hear it, then I'll make you do it over. Mm -hmm. Or punch you back in. <laughs> punch you back in in yeah. terms of, you know, say that part over. Mm -hmm. You know. Awesome. Well, uh, you got anything anything coming up right now? Anything you want to promote? Or is it just sort of like you just looking for people to, to help? Um, no, I'm on Reverb Nation. K-N-G-F-S-H-S-L-M at Yahoo. Uh, I have my Reverb Nation page. Uh, just looking for artists, anybody who's hungry, looking to work. Uh, Hip-hop alternative, R&B, whatever. In the work. Yeah, you told me you finished a gospel thing, right? Well, that was an independent, uh, I had an independent song on a gospel, independent gospel album. Oh. I had one song on there. Uh, that was, actually, that was the first song I pretty much ever did. She took it as is, and I wanted to jazz it up, but she, she just took it, and she recorded it at a major studio, and it was okay. It was, it was a good record. <laughs> Thanks so much for coming over. Oh, no problem. Thanks for having me. No problem. I mean, the, the whole reason I'm doing this is to 